Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Friday, April 17th. S&P futures are rallying about 70 points. That's 2.5%. The futures are at 28.60. That's a bit off the overnight high. The overnight high was 28.85. Uh, Asia was green across the board, and Europe is rallying as well. Europe is up about 24 to 2.8%. Um, so a lot of things to unpack this morning. The biggest, uh, the you know, the single biggest headline was that stat article on Gilead that hit, um, you know, about an hour after the close last night in the U.S. Just talking about how a subset of patients in one of the Gilead trials underway for their uh, remdesivir drug, um, which is a uh, you know an antiviral that had been designed for Ebola that has been now repurposed towards coronavirus, a subset of patients in one of those trials in Chicago have um, have responded very well to the drug. Um, you know, so obviously, if there is a credible therapeutic on the market that in you know changes a lot about how the market is interpreting coronavirus, um, and that you know that is the the main reason that, uh, for the rally this morning. Um, you know, I wrote a lot about uh, the news. It certainly is positive. Um, you know, I think a therapeutic for treating the disease is a lot different than having a preventative um, solution on the market that would, um, you know, obviously block transmission. So, you know, this this would, um, you know, this would reduce the um, the toll on healthcare systems to the extent that uh, you know we lift a lot of the lockdowns and economic activity resumes, but you're still seeing transmissions. Um, you know, this would this would allow the healthcare system to cope with a, an influx of patients, um, but doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, cut down on, on transmission. Um, so it doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily change the pace at which you're going to start lifting lockdowns and resuming economic activity, et cetera. Um, you know, so that's the main piece of news by far. The White House held a press event last night at six o'clock where they unveiled um, their guidelines for lifting coronavirus restrictions. Um, you know, this to me it doesn't really constitute news and this is not a political statement criticizing anything at the white house. It's just, you know, we knew from the start that this would be a local affair where state governors and local officials would be making the determination about when to lift restrictions based on a variety of different considerations. And I think all of these guidelines from the white house do is kind of just confirm all of that. So there's really not a lot of concrete specific news in this. You're probably going to see some States announce various different easings um, in the coming weeks, perhaps as soon as April, um, you know, the big states are going to start moving, I think, in May at a very gradual and slow pace. I think, again, that's somewhat anticipated. Um, it's just a question about, you know, again, it's and it's also not it doesn't necessarily come down exclusively to government edict. Um, you know, a lot of this is going to be having to do with individual companies, again, as I've been talking about, um, making people feel comfortable with resuming their normal economic lives. So, um you know, there's not a lot. There's a there's a whole slide deck that I have a link to in the Vital Dawn today that the White House released just about kind of phase one, phase two, phase three, various steps that states should consider. You know, there's, again, a lot about testing in here as well. Um, and you continue to hear from nearly every governor that there's not an adequate testing and tracing system in place to kind of allow all the restrictions to be lifted. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's way too premature to kind of have a big... Um, you know, uh, you know, easing or, or economic reopening rally at this point in time. Um, but nevertheless, that process is is going to commence. And you saw, you know, a big announcement last night where Boeing came out and said that they were resuming commercial aircraft manufacturing at their main Seattle plants starting next week. Um, Volvo came out and said that they were going to be resuming auto production. So you're going to start to see, I think, manufacturing um, be one of the first areas 
to resume operations. It's going to, it's going to, you know, they're certainly not going back to pre-coronavirus levels immediately, but, but I think you're definitely going to see manufacturing start. You're probably going to see a lot of hospitals begin elective surgery. So some healthcare companies that have been impacted, um, by a pause of elected healthcare activity, that that's one area that should start to see improvement. Um, and you're going to start to see probably a lot of retailers, especially your bigger retailers that have resources to kind of put in place a lot of safety measures. They are going to be opening their doors as well beginning in May. Um, but again, I think it's an issue of, of people resuming their economic lives. That's going to be the bigger factor than just, um, you know, company or, you know, governments issuing guidance or, or, or releasing the formal restrictions. So those are the two big themes this morning, obviously Gilead and then, um, you know, the White House, the White House guidance that they announced last night. Um, just quickly, a couple of other themes. Nothing major on the earnings front in the U.S. last night. You had LVMH and L'Oreal both reported earnings after the European close yesterday. That's midday in the U.S. Both of them are kind of falling in the better than feared box, especially LVMH. That stock has a healthy bid, although it's hard to discer- to determine um, what's really rallying because of earnings or what's rallying just, just on the general market sentiment today. I think it's more the general market sentiment. Um, L'Oreal and LVMH, not, or neither of them were particularly spectacular. Um, every company that has reported thus far is kind of giving the exact same message that in, in Europe and the US, you saw a very sharp deterioration in, in March. Um, and, and there are inklings of hope in China. So there is definitely some signs of improvement in China. Um, you know, but I would say that just it put that in context. Hilton um, provided color on China where they said that occupancy rates went from 9% to 20%. So that certainly is a big improvement, but you're still talking about occupancy rates that are substantially below the pre-coronavirus level. So just to put everything in context, there is an improvement in China as restrictions are lifted, um, but it's a very, very slow and gradual one. Rio Tinto had a production report out overnight for Q1. That is being received well. The production numbers were, were, were solid for Q1, and they left their guidance numbers unchanged for the most part. And again, they talked about how China continues to recover. So, um, you know, on a relative basis, that's certainly encouraging. Just on an absolute basis, you're, you know, again, you're far below the pre-coronavirus levels. TSM and Tata Consultancy, both of which reported Thursday morning in the U.S. after those markets had closed, both of those stocks are rallying in Asia or rallied in Asia overnight in response to their earnings. So you had a couple of international earnings, no major reports out of the U.S. On the data front, you had a lot of um, Chinese numbers that really are not getting any attention at all. So the, for the Q1 uh, GDP was a little bit below expectations. I think the March figures, which is what people were focused on more, were mixed. So you had, you had a decent industrial production number. Retail sales are a little bit light. Um, you know, I think overall, and this goes for Europe, the U.S., and Asia. There's not a lot of focus on specific economic readings at the moment. The weekly weekly jobless claims in the U.S. are definitely, um, you know, getting a little bit more attention just because they're kind of providing immediate insight into the state of underlying activity. And you have had some some definitely encouraging developments on those claims, where I think a lot of people fear that they could spike up to t- uh, 10 million one of these weeks, but they've kind of now been plateauing. And, and uh, yesterday's report, you know, dropped a decent amount from the prior week. Um, you know, that is in large part, I think, a response to the payroll protection program, which is giving out loans that are forgivable if companies maintain their payrolls. That PPP exhausted its funds yesterday morning, the initial $350 billion allocation. Um, Congress is in talks about giving it another $250 billion. Those talks continued yesterday afternoon, yesterday night. I assume that they're going to continue today. Um, I would have to imagine that they're going to give 
PPP another 250 billion. I think that's wildly anticipated. Again, there's really not a lot of disagreement about money overall. It's just a question of kind of divvying up money for specific purposes. Um, so if we do see headlines about how a deal is reached on refunding the PPP, I don't I don't think that should be a real big positive. I think it's kind of widely assumed. Um, so that's most of the major news this morning. I you know again just stepping back. I think that you had a very powerful rally off the lows in response to good news. So I'm not just I am not kind of pushing back or disputing that there has been a lot of positive developments. You've had now this plateauing of coronavirus data in all the major markets, and you're seeing not just a plateauing, but the data is is beginning kind of to descend from the apex. Um, and you have overwhelming amounts of stimulus. Um, and I think you know to the extent you do have therapies on the market that that are effective. Um, and have been proving and have been proven effective in trial clinical trials. That's certainly encouraging as well. I think all that is reflected in the market this morning. So none of the news out overnight to me um, justifies bidding up the market another two and a half percent. I think you know you've had a thirty plus percent move off the lows in the S and P, um, and that's that's I think that in, that prices in all of the um, positive developments that we've seen. I think phase two of the rally, which will eventually come. Um, will be driven by you know a real definitive decline in the in the coronavirus figures from the apex, a sustained decline, as well as this reopening process. Um, but I just think the reopening process is going to be very slow, arduous, and it won't be a linear one. I think you're going to see kind of an ebb and flow as governors and local officials make adjustments along the way, depending on how the data evolves. Um, so for all those reasons, I think the market has to mark some time here. Um, you know, below 2,800, which is why, you know, I, I, I want to fade this rally, um, you know, just as I want to fade the one on Tuesday as well. Um, and just, you know, another note that in the last couple of days, we've, you know, the rally, the makeup, the composition of the rally has not necessarily been very positive. Um, you know, you've had a huge run in a lot of these growth momentum stocks, but not necessarily for positive reasons. These are kind of people piling into names that are viewed as being, Relatively immune in the current from from a lot of the coronavirus headwinds. So if you are going to see a big kind of um, you know bullish macro trade get put on, that should be negative for growth momentum, which would be a headwind for the S and P just given the weighting of the index and how much those stocks dominate. So um, that's also something to keep in mind as well. And and just as far as kind of framing the upside potential, um, you know it's it's. Uh, as far as earnings for this year, I think most people are kind of marking, um, you know, dismissing 2020. The focus is on 2021. $170 is a very, very generous earnings forecast for next year. Um, you put 18 times on that and you get the market, you know, no no higher than 3000 which is not really a ton of upside from here. If you want to go back to February, where, you know, I think 20 times is thought to be very reasonable, then obviously you have a lot more upside. So we're kind of now into this world of, of debating multiples on the market. Um, you know, I personally don't think we deserve to be above 18 times, but there, um, you know, are periods where obviously investors disagree with that. So we're kind of entering now into this world of multiples as investors try to justify, um, you know, pushing the market higher. I just don't think that multiples above 18 times are very sustainable. Um, so that is everything. There's a lot more, a lot more company specific news. I have everything in the Vital Dawn on the calendar for today. Um, a couple of minor earnings. I think I think Procter and Gamble is probably the big one to focus on. You have, and you have a few more banks as well. But that's it. There's no major eco data out in the U.S. today. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening.